Want to discover leading strategies, share experiences and connect with fellow consultancy leaders from companies like EY, PwC or Porsche Consulting? Then join us in Munich for the Leaders in Consulting Conference on the 27th of June, a one-day event exclusively for consultancy leaders like you. Places are limited, so head to leadersinconsulting.com to claim your ticket now. That's leadersinconsulting.com. See you there. Not pursuing a, a, a strategy, a strategy of, of people I don't know. Usually, really, the network brings you from one to the next. You're talking to someone, uh, and he says, "Hey, by the way, this is my boss," and the boss says, hey, "By the way, this is my chief commercial officer." And the chief commercial officer says, "Hey, do you want me to meet my CEO?" And that all happens sometimes within 20 minutes um, at the, the conference. Do you want to grow your business and learn best practices from other leaders in consulting? Then this is the place for you. Welcome to the Leaders in Consulting Show. This episode is powered by Sawu, the company that can help you drive thought leadership, hiring and sales for your consultancy via LinkedIn. Check them out on sawu.io, S-A-W-O-O Today, I'm happy to welcome Florian Dene, partner at Roland Berger um, at our show here. Um, Florian? Welcome. Nice to have Thank you. you here. Thank you very much, Sammy. Nice to be here. Um, so, um, how, like you didn't start your career in consulting, especially not at Roland Berger. So what did you do before you joined Roland Berger as a partner? I spent almost 18 years in the aviation industry uh, with a, a large German flag carrier. Um, and before that, I founded my own travel agency uh, during university. And no. um, that's basically my uh, professional experience before I joined um, four years ago, the life as a consultant. Okay, a, a quick, quick detour, because that's really interesting. Why did you start a travel agency and what, what kind of, um, like, what did you do for your clients? Actually, I was in university and I, uh, after doing my bachelor in business uh, um, geography, I switched over to, to a master in, uh, as an MBA, business administration. And I always wanted to become my own entrepreneur. So I had no other idea because I'd like to travel than actually to found a travel agency. Um, and that's what I did. And it was actually, the, it was in the 90s. It was the years before all this online, um, despite the fact that um, the dot com was already on the horizon. Uh, I even took, by the way, uh, a six month break uh, to evaluate um, if I should continue with a business plan to an online travel agency. But actually, the online booking tools in the mid 90s were not as advanced. Uh, so I decided not to do so. And actually, I think my parents was <laughs> were very happy about my decision to to proceed my studies yeah i can imagine so you already had your first experience um starting your own travel agency that's interesting so and why did you decide to go into aviation then that was always my my passion uh, <coughs> already back in the in the 90s and during university i did a couple of internships at various airlines i uh, liked the smell of kerosene i liked traveling and that was actually uh, the combination doing something with transportation actually was pretty clear already as a kid and um, what are your tasks at roland burger right now 
I'm taking care on the entire um, the entire ecosystem uh, of aviation within uh, Roland Berger. It's more kind of a coordination function. It's, it's not one of the hats. Um, I'm just making sure that we uh, have all information and, and all streams together so we could do the, the best offer to, to our guides. Mm -hmm. And how many people approximately work on projects in aviation? Mm. Overall, globally in Burger, I would say um, roughly 40 to 50 partner. It depends because we do not only offer a traditional aviation consulting, but also a lot of the interfaces um, such as um, transformation, reorganization, everything airlines need as of today. Mm, and I would say, uh, depending on on the volume, 100 to 120 um, consultants. And I mean, I, I ask anyways, I have a guess, but who are your target clients? The end, actually the entire aviation ecosystem. So uh, all from airlines to airports, to ground handlers, uh, to software um, providers, the, uh, there is no defined um, space where we say that's not within our scope. Okay. That's bigger than I expected. That's really interesting. And uh, what geographical reach do you have? So we do basically cover globally, uh, but we have our strengths because that's where we come from. Europe, Middle East, uh, we're very strong in China in aviation, by the way, as well as um, in some parts of Asia. So let's get into the first topic. Um, why did you switch from, from industry to consulting? So late in your career, so to say, I mean, that's not uh, typical. No, that's absolutely not typical. And that was um, coincident. I, uh, for a very personal reason, I decided to leave uh, my former employer. And um, then I had a couple of other offers in the industry and also one uh, from a uh, from an international consulting firm. And I was uh, in my mid 40s and thinking about, well, this is most probably your um, last opportunity to change careers. Um, flattered by the offers I had, um, I decided to do the more difficult way and uh, join consulting. And I never regret it, I have to say. It's, it's very, very interesting because if you do work for an airline, and as much as I like working for an airline, I think all my colleagues out there in the world who work for an airline, Asian people are very proud on its product, on its airline, on its airport. And at the end of the day, um, I tend to think, or we, we all tend to think um, the airline we work for is the only one that can fly. And it's, uh, the airport we work for is the only one who can really make passenger processes right. And then in the consulting arena, you look left and right and you discover the globe is, is colorful and it's, it's so different and other airlines can do better or the same and uh, other airports have uh, very good standards. So for that reason, at least for myself, I can speak for myself, um, I started a discovery journey, which is uh, it's, it's a great enhancement in my life, I have to say. So you, you already mentioned a couple of points that you like. So are there, are there other things that you like a lot about being like in consulting now? And are there some things that you may miss because you're not in the industry anymore? 
No, I, I would actually, I would not say I'm no longer in the industry. I, I feel pretty much attached or part of the industry, I have to say. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking each and every one, uh, every day to, to, to colleagues in the industry. There's not really something I do miss. Um, not even, um, you may think, ID travel, because I do fly so much I can use my points now and never stand by. Now, seriously, um, not, not really. I, I think uh, culture in an airline or at an airport is very unique. Um, it's, it's very special, but uh, I, I honestly, I do like the culture at Rollenberg very, very much. Um, I feel very much welcome uh, <coughs> after now being there for eight months. Um, and looking back, I had a, I had using travel terms, I had a great journey in, in the aviation industry, um, being part of an, an airline. I, I learned so many things and I'm very grateful for that period. And um, uh, this is the next chapter in my life. And I'm, I'm happy where I am at the moment. I, I don't really miss anything in the in the industry. So looking at, uh, at someone who might do the same career switch as you did, going from industry to consulting, Do you have any advice on on how uh, on how that person could increase the chance of um, like winning the old like the old company where they worked for for a long period of time as a client? Uh, I, I don't think there is a very general <coughs> answer to this question. Um, if if there was any. I think advice is a strong word in this case. It's a very personal decision and it depends very much on the relationship you've built. It depends on um, uh, how did you leave the company? Did you leave in good faith? Um, it's it, it, the entire array of your personality um, and your new role um, must should match with, with the, the ideas of your former employers where it would need consulting and, uh, and and support. But there is no general advice I could give here. I, mm -hmm. I do it my way. And um, that's, that's, as I mean, I, we start as a team and that's for me um, the most important. It's, it's, it's not a business for, for lonely some cowboys. You should really uh, think in teaming. Mm -hmm. Um, is there is there anything that you should be uh, not doing when you switch from industry to consulting, especially also when it comes to um, acquisition of clients? Yes, there's something you should not believe. You step out your former um, firm and you're going to be the hero and selling the prospects. I think this is misleading. And I see this with a lot of guys and, and, and uh, persons around me um, that want to become consultants and, um, uh, and don't realize that being a consultant is not only about a network and knowledge. It's, it's a profession um, where you have to understand not only your firm, uh, but also your client in a complete different way than you did it as an employee. And I think this is a conclusion that most people, even if they still work uh, within a company and asking for this advice, or can I also join a consultancy or what do you think, Florian? Um, then I tell them you know, always, uh, where, what is your network outside your 
current employer? Um, what is the value you bring to the new company, to the consultancy? Uh, and is there a true business case? And coming back to your question again, I believe um, uh, don't underestimate it's a long way to sell a project and it's no longer um, based on an existing partnership within a company. Mm -hmm. um, I guess you, you had a conversation with someone in this company and you not outside in understood what the problems are. So maybe step one step back and how did you start this first conversation? How did you find out what the problems were? And how then, of course, then I understand how it works from then forward. But this initial like touch point, how did you make it happen? The truth is that I stay in, in contact with very many people um, each and every day and I meet them regularly. <coughs> uh, so by talking and, and, and in particular by listening to them, you get the sense of what's going on in the company and and where could they they help. So initially we, we I talked to many guys and, and at one particular um, people formulate that there might be an RFP out or um, this is something where they think about external help. And this is the moment where you need to understand, okay, what competences are really needed uh, to win this uh, RFP and to make a very attractive proposal. And then the next step, we, we uh, as a team, as already as a transportation team, we went out and looked for the best possible options within um, our firm, Roland Berger, who could support it and we who has um, the, the, the respective knowledge uh, about this very special topic. And so we brought the right team um, to the table. Um, at the end of the day, I guess it's a, it's a matter. So make sure about you offering the price, um, sympathy. It's, uh, uh, but at least I think mainly really about having the solution that feels right for the client. Did you also take part on the other side while you were working for these big companies? Um, um, did you take part in RFPs or so to say on the, on the buying side of buying consulting services? Yes, I did. Of course, uh, I, um, when you're in, in certain roles, then um, uh, all you see all the consultancies. So I saw all the peers, my now peers, so to speak. Uh, it's it's the trick is. Um, it's always great to talk to consultancies because at least you learn something or in most cases you learn something new. If it always ends a project, I would say it's difficult because if you decide to go for external help, then it's usually for a topic where you don't have the expertise within your own firm or If you have the expertise, you may not have enough resources or third, you need it for political reasons. So pragmatically, this is very clear where you need help. And then it's about having the right offer. So being on the other side of the table or having been on the other side of the table does not necessarily help you in to, to win um, a current project. 
it's more the understanding of the overall situation and the overall environment and state of the union of the industry and then really make the conclusion what does your your client now really need as you joined Roland Berger and the aviation um, line so to say um, what were your goals when you joined and why like how do you want want to bring that that part of Roland Berger forward well, first of all I think I can contribute to the team uh, with mm -hmm. my knowledge and my network um, second it's a fascinating industry from from a different angle and i i just told you earlier before it's it's uh, super intense and super interesting if you're inside an airline or an airport or in, um, in a company that really uh, works within the inner aviation space if you want to say so um, for me uh i like the 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 big picture, the strategic moments, and, and uh, having been head of strategy for, for one of the airlines I worked for, which was was really lucky because I was able to develop even the strategy with the board and my team. But this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Now I can do it um, much more often and develop strategy with the clients. So um, I think the work, uh, the idea, the, uh, the, the knowledge, um, I can really leverage uh, um, with a lot of clients around the globe. And that's what I, I bring to Roland Berger. Mm -hmm. And um, how, like, what is your USP in winning projects then at Roland Berger for, or for Roland Berger, better to say? Um, other, other um, like, let me be devil's advocate here. Um, other, uh, other consultancies also have people who worked in, in big airlines or small airlines or mid-sized airlines. So um, what do you different in your team to, um, to basically, or what do you have to do to uh, be able to win projects um, more often than others? I think each, each consultancy has its strengths and, and, and weaknesses. You try, of course, to offer always in your strengths. And if you do so consequently, then definitely um, that leads to success. The, the second part is, yes, you're right. There are people from the aviation industry um, in consultancies, but you find it seldom on, on my level and in my age. Mm. It's either on a senior advisorship and then you have mature uh, relationships, but they're fading out or people <coughs> change fairly young and they don't have built up the relationship. One of, yeah. I think, With my background, one of the the, the the pluses, if you want to say so, I bring to the client is a lot of credibility of know-how. So people understand with my background and, and the professionalism of my former employer um, that their operation, their commercial uh, uh, department, their an entire setup is highly professional um, also because of its, its size and, and, and setup. And that does not mean that other airlines are not as professional, but maybe they don't have the resources um, or the processes to do so. So I bring a lot of credibility to the table, to especially size airlines who can profit from my know-how. And that's typically a, a very good selling point. 
Yeah, I absolutely get it. If I were a mid-sized airline and I can talk to one of the um, like leaders in, in the airline um, and get some best practices, I would definitely at least talk to you and uh, then see where it takes me from there. Um, so yeah, I, I understand that, your notion. That, that's the um, point. You get you get access and um, but this is this is the the the, the, all, the one part. The other is really having again the, the right offering, the right team. Um, of course, yeah. And it's very very important that you also understand what are the needs of a current airline. You usually don't sell a network or revenue management topics. Today's airline, and and uh, if you have a look at the state of the union of the industry, right? <laughs> Most airlines need uh, reorganization, need uh, transformation. Um, you see a lot of mergers in the industry, and then sometimes it gets down very technically. Uh, emerging AOCs, uh, that means the aviation um, airline, the airline operational certificate, uh, the, the, the paperwork you need to do to merge two airlines, which is a highly and, and fairly complicated process. Then you need really people who know the business. And, and this is where sometimes we then come into play because there aren't so many people who do this. I think strategy consulting is is fairly well done by by also a lot of peers, but if it really comes to implementation on operational standards or maintenance, you need specialists, and that's not the typical field of um, of a strategy consultancy. And the, the beauty of Burger is really we can offer both. Yeah, I like it. And what I see also, like generally in the consulting industry, uh, when I talk to a lot of different um, consultancy leaders, also mid-sized consultancies, um, is basically that um, the ones who who offer uh, like a strategic part, but also can implement. Um, yeah. And and some companies even go so far to have like um, the long-term implementation as an outsourced solution or offering. Those are the ones who grow the fastest. And uh, funny enough, they say usually the big money is not in the strategy. The big money is in the in all the parts that come afterwards. Um, so it's more a door opener for them to get into the company and then um, basically stay there for a long time if they can offer something. Or like even consultancies being bought for that reason. I, I talked to, I don't know if you know Bakavi Management mm -hmm. Consulting, they were focused on, or they are focused on supply chain, but they were bought by Gempact. It's a big US company. And um, they bought it for exactly that reason that you have yeah. like someone who can do the strategy, but then they can do the whole um, execution. Um, so a side question here out of curiosity, where do you see um, the consulting market um, go? Will it stay exactly as is right now? Or do you see some tendencies maybe going into partnering or even like consolidating with companies that can do more like um, the, the, the backwards integration and stay in the company? Or do you see some other movements uh, where it will go in the next couple of years? Well, I do believe, first of all, um, we will see in the market a lot of consolidation on the very small ones. If you start your consultancy with one or two or three employees um, and with one client, you have the knowledge of one client. But then to leverage it to, to customer number two, three, four, it's, it's very difficult, except they play in the exact same arena. Um, which may happen, but is usually not or often not the case. Uh, um, but 
bigger or mid-sized consultancies then tend to buy the consultant, the smaller ones, for a client, so to speak, and, and develop from there. Uh, I do see a trend uh, certainly in um, really widening the offer. Um, a pure strategy consultancy does no longer exist. We all do implementations. Um, we all do um, uh, on, on the mid-management level supporting. It's the, the least of the work, I would say, is truly strategic. And, and doing a reorganization is not a strategy of a company. Uh, but I would say that is the offer is so diverse it's really hard to say where it's a trend but i do see the consolidation trend on the on the smaller end because they simply don't survive um and i also see uh, a, a concentration on the big ones because they have now become so big and so large and can cover so many topics their spectrum uh, is enormous and um, i think that makes them so attractive yeah I'm waiting until one of the big ones is buying one of these digital consultancies that I see also in Germany. They have like between one and 300 employees, but they're growing almost like 50 to 150% year over year. So they do something really right. And I think it would be a good add-on. Um, so let's see if Rodenberger buys one of these or builds up one of these really fast. Um, uh, thanks for going with me on the side, side journey. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, so... I understood that um, I understood how you win clients when you have within your existing network. You talk often to them, you meet often, and uh, you you find out where the pain points are. And sometimes this leads towards, hey, maybe we can help you, or they even have a, an, an RFP, and then you can participate. But how do you get in touch with people you don't know yet? So how do you expand your network? Very well. In my personal ecosystem of aviation um, my former employee has such a brand name that i gain or i draw a lot of credibility so people get curious they look in my linkedin profile they understand what jobs i had the i have to say the honor to do so and then they understand okay um this guy must understand something uh, from the aviation industry let's talk about it i'm just uh, curious uh, that that's mostly the entrance port if i do not if i don't know somebody having said that our world in aviation and, and covering really airlines airports um it providers the, the, it's a community and on my journey over the last 20 years, I have met a lot of people in this community and then um, you build a network. So meeting somewhere completely new um, must either be from a geography or geographical market where I've never really worked in like China or Japan. Mm -hmm. And then again, the... Uh, the bridge is always um, the, the the industry. Uh, you, you, the, the good thing is there is so much enthusiasm and passion <laughs> in this industry. Um, you always find something to talk about. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and if it's only um, the meal service on your last flight. <laughs> and 
And this is the little things where you start a conversation and then they, you develop it because people understand, um, hey, you have worked in it, you have a broad understanding. Sometimes I get in a conference a question, how would you solve my problem? I say, okay, that costs you <laughs> some money, but um, we have a chat. And and, uh, uh, and even if I really don't know people, I um, if I meet them, we, we have this foundation of being, uh, being aviation people and, and i think that's different to other industry yeah it, it really sounds different i must say and it reminds me of by the way uh, road biking when yeah. you road bike outside and someone like uh, passes you or comes like from the other direction and passes you you always like greet because yeah. that's what you do you're both road bikers and it seems to be like a similar type of feeling that you you're just describing just in the aviation industry here it is as much as there is a lot of competition out there um at the end of the day it's a smaller not a small but a smaller community um mm -hmm. uh, there there aren't uh 15 airlines in germany there aren't 20 airlines in the uk there are uh, three four five six airlines and then even in the us there are the big fours and maybe now the fifth with uh, spirit and JetBlue. blue uh, so people know each other and that's that's really the point where you say um I'm part of this industry. I've been part of this industry. Uh, uh, change the site, and this is uh, where you go to. <coughs> and so, when you don't know someone, um, do you leverage LinkedIn to get in touch with them, or how do you do it? You say, "Okay, I found someone. Uh, this this person could be interesting." What do you do? LinkedIn is one of the uh, one of the options. Um, being at conferences is one of the options. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a lot of coincidence. I I'm not pursuing a a, a strategy a strategy of, of people I don't know. Usually really the network brings you from one to the next. You're talking to someone uh, and he says, hey, by the way, this is my boss. And the boss says, hey, by the way, this is my chief commercial officer. And the chief commercial officer says, hey, do you want me to meet my CEO? And that all happened sometimes within 20 minutes um, at the, the conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so what is your strategy on key accounts? Yeah, <laughs> I this, have to is, ask. this is what my peers also want to know. <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, I, I believe you need to have a, a strategic approach to the market. Very simple, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is what we what we are about to implement and and, and do. So I cannot, I, I, I could follow up here, but I have the sense that you will not disclose much more information. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> no, no, I think there's a, a key account management at the end is a key account management, right? <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's a technical idea how you pursue your sales. And it's, it's, it's rather boring, I believe, than, than worth discussing, worthwhile discussing. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I like to talk about these things. Um, so, um, let me guess and you can correct me. Um, you, you basically have a list of companies that you want to get into or you want to expand. Maybe you're already in or were in there. And then you map out the, uh, the hierarchies, so to say, and define which people could be good entry points and to which ones you already have connections or not. And then you take it from there and, and approach those people. Did I get it totally wrong? Um, please correct mm, me. No, no, this is, I think, a very 
um, this approach definitely could make sense. Uh, I, so what, what does clear convention mean for you then? No, uh, it's the basic in principle. It means what you just made. The difference is my network. I, I leverage my network basically, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as every consultancy is, we, we try to approach a couple of key companies that we have defined. And mm -hmm. once you have won the project, you want to stay in. And I think that's that's the difference to the strategic key account management, as you would know it from uh, from other industries, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but once you're in, you you learn, or you get to know so many people, and you 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 create an understanding of the um, of the company and the, your your client. Uh, you create outside in views, and I think this is where you then um offer your your continuous help i understand what you mean um i just you know i in our other show that we that we have the grow b2b faster show i talk to um sales leaders in software as a service companies and they have an approach an approach that is pretty similar to what i just told you they really map out a company and they really say okay based on our experience because we are tackling the same kind of um, ideal customer um, we know that we have to talk to I don't know. Head of IT is a stopper. We have to get them on board. We have to get purchasing on board because they are the ones we have to negotiate with. But we have to find the challenger, the one that brings us into the company and so on and so forth. And yeah. But this is for opening a client and I understand, of course, for consulting. Um, the, the big gain is not only in, in winning new ones. You probably have connections to all of them uh, already, at least the bigger ones. It's in staying there and the typical land and expand uh, motion that you have to do. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And if I was an IT company, I would follow the approach you just mentioned. If, if uh, I had something to, to sell, I would also have, I think, a different key account. Key account management sounds so big, but in our industry, it is really more focusing on the customer where you can create, or you believe at least to create additional or added value. And um, yeah, forming kind of a partnership with with your client and, and really um, showing and not and convincing by your work that you add, add value. And it's no secret. I mean, the big players, they all have different consultancies in and uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, so is the partnership at Roland Berger also helping you um, win new clients or did they already help you win a client? Uh, absolutely. I mean, again, we are a team and we're acting as a team. And I think uh, <coughs> the spirit is is very um, forthcoming um, in that way. It's uh, your 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 next partner is you're not your next enemy. Yeah, your next partner is is your uh, your best body and and for the competences and um, uh, you need them. And that's I think. Basically, in the old world, and not specifically to to Roland Berger, where you can see the 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 old world of, of consultancy some twenty years ago, that was the, the loneliest and cowboy. 
who owned mm. quite unquote his, his client, um, who basically funneled all relationships, uh, who decided uh, who could board the client, uh, who developed uh, uh, the, the shares in the client. And, um, for me, that's no longer true. I, I personally believe, let's take this industry. Um, of course, I can do network consulting. Of course, I can do revenue management consulting. But this is not what most of the airlines today need. Uh, they they need transformation. They need to set up themselves. They need debt management. They need financial um, topics to be solved. This is all where I'm not a specialist. But again, because I do have a deep understanding of the aviation ecosystem and about an airline or an airport or a ground handler uh, or catering company works where the clients are, uh, where the leverage is for them uh, uh, to to uh, to raise their EBIT margin or to get out of the the, the reds. Uh, this is my entry ticket, and then I bring the right colleagues on board, the one who really specialized in supply chain management uh, in operations um, in uh, uh, post-merger integrations, etc. So uh, again, I, I believe in strong teams and that works um, vice versa. If, if we were asked for due diligence uh, by any of the private equity firms or banks, um, then our financial services people call me and say, look, we have that case in your space and um, uh, we need your support, and this is how it how it works in the <coughs> partnership. Um, it sounds it sounds good, and it makes sense. I also like um, like I, I my first job was in the consulting industry um, in a smaller consultancy, Goods Partners, um, and it was like almost like fifteen years ago, a little bit more now, six, seventeen, eighteen years ago. And it seemed like this old word that you described where like uh, there were some rainmaker uh, stakeholders that had all the connections and all the other ones were basically the ones who, uh, who, who did the projects but uh, were not really bought into these relationships. Can you give us an example on, on either where you helped someone else win a project or where someone else helped you win a project? Um, that happens in each and every project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really then, then let's pick the last one just as an example because it's always nice to hear like a hands-on example in theory everything is i think we, understood. no no we uh, we, um, we had an rfp for for uh, organizing a maintenance line maintenance setup of uh, for a company uh, for an airline um in a european city and um that is definitely per nature not my field of expertise i've never worked in maintenance but i had the right guys on my side um <coughs> on the organizational um point of view uh people who have worked in the maintenance um field as well as uh, a senior a very experienced senior advisor um and that was uh the, the team we formed and offered to the client and won and now we are about to implement uh we did the strategy the last uh the first eight weeks i have to say and ever since we are implementing nice congratulations yeah that's uh that's a nice uh nice project 
Very good. I actually do like the the, the project where also, where you also have the opportunity to implement. Um, it's uh, uh, all this exercise on numbers. It's always very nice, but um, the truth is always uh, when you when you implement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're just saying, uh, especially these consultancies that are also uh, focused on implementation, they they even go so far and and make like um, um, not. I mean, they they are, their fees are very often based on KPIs that they promise to hit. So mm -hmm. when you do that, you're much more cautious and much more realistic when you do a strategic project because in the end, I mean. Everything that follows only earns money if you did something that makes sense yes. at the start. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we do see the success fee approach all over, I have to say, not only in, in implementing, but uh, uh, it's easier when implementing because then you have hard-coded KPIs or you have hard KPIs, you agreed upfront, and then you can really follow up if, if those KPIs uh, would have been matched during operations. That, that's certainly true. Mm -hmm. Everyone I talk to has uh, has the same issues. Yeah, um, finding, attracting, and then also, um, yeah, the work culture is different. Um, We do see a culture shift also from more senior people um, that they understand uh, the new need, and uh, I think this contributes also to the very good spirit because it's very well accepted from the new generation um, that people really try who had a different uh, uh, work mode when they were young and also doing the stretch again uh, to the to the client and really trying to say look uh, we need to have a different guy on and, and and really working into this new mode of of getting the things together yeah that that may take a little longer but As far as I see in the industry, um, you, you cannot do that anymore. Otherwise, you lose all your employees if you do it over and over again. And um, so sooner or later, they will not get um, those people who work 24-7. And then they have to switch to at some point, I guess, at least. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if I if I think back about my time, I, I don't think that all the... The long hours were really necessary all the time. Sometimes it was just, I, I had to work that much. So you do all these backup slides too now. And it was not really necessary in hindsight to do all no. these backup stuff. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think it's also, there's a lot of, and this is what I like about Roland Berger, really. We do have a very good and healthy culture of discussion. And it's, it's really about, do we need the full slack of 50 backup slides? Um, or do we have the, the quintessential of three or four? Um, because let's face it. Uh, a client never reads a book of 50 uh, backup slides. Uh, he's yeah. happy if he gets a very well and thoroughly done presentation of 20, 25 slides in a normal project, let's say, right? Um, per, per steering committee or um, yeah, a, final, uh, a final report. Uh, because <coughs> this is also the, the, I would say, the maximum amount of information he can digest and he can work with. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's a stretch, I think, until this generation who has the, the this different understanding or different understanding of uh, work life 
um, quality, not balance, but work-life quality uh, become the decision makers, the stretch will continue. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm very interested because I'm not that old. We will see these guys in 20 years, and then I'm very curious yeah. how they do, or if there is a, a, a breach, a radical uh, change, because they understand, hey guys, um, we might need more uh, because I can't say uh, there is a timeline and we don't match the timeline. Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting. Interesting times, definitely, for the whole consulting industry. Absolutely. Um, so we are already at the end of our discussion, Florian, and I have three um, three questions lined up for you. Um, are you ready? Yes, I am. Very good. So what do you do to keep body and mind fit and sharp? Running, running, running. Ah, you're a runner. What, what yeah, are you, yeah. like, how much do you run? Or do you have special events that you train for? No, 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 no. I, I try, what I do is, um, is usually three to four times. I need my uphill path here at the home here in Zurich. This is a relaxing pool. What I need, this is my, my weekly, uh, I don't know, 40, 50 kilometers. Um, what I need oh, to do. That's nice. uh, uh, yeah, that's my, my time off, I have to say. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I like it in particular in summertime in the morning. Um, if if it gets if the sun goes up very early at six o'clock and you run through the woods, it's it's simply perfect. Uh, that's that's the one. Um, and the other is uh, that's only a summer move, but it it helps you really to keep my mind sharp is swimming in the lake Zurich. And I know I'm blessed. Ah, it's, nice. it's, it's a 10 minutes bike ride. And if you do this in the morning at seven o'clock, uh, uh, your mindset is right for the day. Yeah. So you're almost doing a triathlon, huh? swimming, biking, running. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. But biking is downhill biking and up with an e-bike. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. That's not allowed nowadays. I I think. <laughs> it's not really competitive. <laughs> but very good. I, I can relate to that. I like, I right now live in Munich, but yeah. we're going to very likely move back to the Allgäu, so South Bavaria, yeah. Southwest of Munich. Uh, where it's closer to the mountains, but we have a lot of lakes there, and I also wanna like run in the in the forest and swim in lakes. I like it a lot, so I can relate to what you just said. Um, do you have a favorite business book? I do, I do. Um, Black box thinking um, by Matthew Seent. I think it's. Uh, I think every. Every manager should have read this book um, because it talks a lot about communication and miscommunication. And the, the true basis of all our daily work is communication. And it goes wrong privately and both professionally so often. Uh, by the way, something I brought over from the airline industry, despite it's very operative, is that um, what I, when I run a project, even as a partner, but I did this um, also when I was project manager um, and oversee a project, I take certain elements of crew communication uh, in order to make our work straight. And that's why I really like this book because it has a couple of examples, but only from the aviation industry. There are one or two from the aviation industry, but from all other industries as well, how it went wrong. Um, but what I do is uh, to have really a clear communication and not asking the people at the end of our internal meeting, 
all set. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. But having these people repeat their tasks, so they and I we have the clear and same understanding what to do. And I always tell the project, and that comes definitely from the airline, because if you're in a stress situation, uh, 30,000 feet above uh, sea level, uh, uh, nothing is worse than having not a working communication, uh, because there is no way out. And, and therefore, it's really understand that uh, is there a fire? I believe there is a fire. Yeah, I better look and because with the firefighting uniform over and instead of listening, what is the real problem? Capturing what is what what's happening in the cabin. So I always get this. Um, there are a couple of more things I really shift uh, shift over, which uh, helps in communication. That's why I like the book. Okay, very nice. We will put it into the show notes. And if someone would like to get in touch with you, what would be the best way? Um, either LinkedIn or the email florian.dehne.denny at rolandberger.com. Perfect. It was a true pleasure to have you on our show, Florian. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be guest in your show. And thanks for having me. Awesome. If you liked the show, please leave us a rating and subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new episode. Do you want to win big whale clients, find new employees and become a renowned thought leader in your field? Sawu can help. Simply schedule a strategy call with our host, Sammy Gebele. Get in touch on LinkedIn or via sawu.io, S-A-W-O-O.io. You can also find all contact details in our show notes. Thanks and see you next time.